M A I N M E N U Main Menu Main Menu Hello and welcome to Main Menu for the week of April 13th through April 19th, 2012. I'm Chase Crispin, executive producer of Main Menu. I'll be the host of Main Menu this week. David Tanner, your normal host of Main Menu, will be back next week. On this week's Main Menu show, we begin by airing the first half of a panel discussion done as a conclusion to the last month or so of note-taker coverage. All of the participants in the Battle of the Note-Taker series are a part of this panel discussion. In the panel, we discuss all the different note-takers, their advantages, their disadvantages, the weaknesses and strengths of using mainstream devices with these note-takers, and why these note-takers are still needed in today's market for some people. The second half of this panel discussion will air next week. After the conclusion of the panel, David Woodbridge from Vision Australia shows us how to use the new iMessage beta application for any Mac running Mac OS 10.7.2 Lion and later. Finally, we hear another interview courtesy of the Serotalk Podcast Network at www.serotalk.com from the 2012 CSUN Conference in San Diego, California. In this interview, Serotalk staff visit with Larry Skukon from the American Printing House for the Blind all about the latest technology products from APH, including the soon-to-be-released Braille Plus 18 second-generation Android-powered note-taker and the Bookport desktop digital player and recorder. That's what's all coming up on this week's edition of ACB Radio Mainstream's Main Menu. Well, we are here with a illustrious panel of folks who have been with us doing the introduction trials of the various features of note takers, and we're here now with them to discuss other features of the various note takers and get their information and input and i'm going to introduce each one of the people and let them give you a little bit of the background on themselves so we'll start and we're going to go in alphabetical order and so first is chase crispin hello everyone this is chase crispin i'm the executive producer of main menu Uh, i guess there's not much to say about me i'm here today talking about the icon from level star and the braille plus from aph they're pretty much the same device but one has a braille keyboard the braille plus and the icon does not soon there'll be a new device called the braille plus 18 second generation coming out but we're not going to go into that too much tonight you will hear about that on main menu more in the future All right. Thank you, Chase. And I'm David Tanner. I'm going to be the second person in the questions here. And I am assistive technology specialist with Minnesota State Services for the Blind. I've been working in the assistive technology field for 26 years. The device I will be talking about, I have been using off and on since about 2005. My device is the Maestro. And our third person is Debbie Bach. And I'm Debbie Bach. I've been an assistive technology trainer for the past 15 years here in Minnesota. And I will be talking about the Braille Note. Thank you, Debbie. And our next person is Mary. 
I am Mary Emerson. I am happily retired <laughs> to the envy of everybody I know. <laughs> and I'm in San Jose, California, and I'll be primarily talking about the Pac-Mate, although I do have a rail note that I haven't had it for long enough to be an expert. And finally, Rich Cavallero. Rich, I'm Rich, awesome. Thank you. I'm a Rich Cavallero, a computer information technology major, Hofstra University in New York. And today I will be here discussing the sense line of note takers, that being the Braille sense and voice sense line from HIMSS. All right. So we're back to Chase. And Chase, would you briefly describe the device that you're talking about and tell us, oh, a little bit about uh, the size of the unit and maybe some of how it's kind of laid out for us? As I said, I am using the Braille Plus made by APH. It's no longer sold. However, it's still available in the system with quota funds for students in grades K-12. So a lot of these are being sold right now, used. There's a lot of these still being given to students. And tonight we're kind of hoping that you've gotten the information on how the device operates from our segments here on Main Menu over the last few weeks. But now we're going to kind of tie it all together and let you hear more of a direct comparison between devices. The Braille Plus and the Icon are both about the size of your hand if you just put out your hand flat, it would fit in your hand. They do not have a Braille display. They will connect to a variety of USB and Bluetooth Braille displays, but there is not one built in. Okay. I'm talking about the Maestro from HumanWare, and again, the Maestro does not have a Braille display attached to it in any way, and does not support any Braille displays. It does support a Braille keyboard for Braille input, as well as has a keypad on the front of the unit to allow you to input Braille into the device by pressing the various dots on the keypad on the front of it. It basically was a device that had been on sale basically through about the middle of 2010. You can still find maestros uh, in various places for sale used, and sometimes you'll see them with just the maestro, or you may see it with the maestro and the trekker GPS. But we're not talking about GPS tonight, but if folks would like to mention whether their device supports GPS, that's fine. It's about the same size as a iPhone, maybe just a slight bit larger, but that's the major features of it. And Debbie? So the Braille Note, that's available, of course, from HumanWare. It comes in the BT, which is the uh, Braille keyboard layout, and the QT, which is a QWERTY keyboard. You have the Braille Note, whether it's the QT or the uh, BT, it has a Braille display. If you get the Voice Note, the Voice Note does not have a Braille display. Of course, they both have speech. Let's see, the size, I'd say roughly probably about I'm thinking six inches deep by about eight ten inches wide by a couple inches thick and it can vary a little depending on whether you're using the QT or the BT and of course it's got word processing calendar email and all the other functions that you've heard discussed in previous episodes all right and Mary Okay, I have a PacMate QX400, although I do have a 40-cell Braille display attached 
And you can get it with or without a Braille display. You can get a QWERTY or a Braille Perkins type keyboard. I happen to have the QWERTY with a 40 cell display. Freedom Scientific is a manufacturer. It runs Windows Mobile. I believe it's up to 6.5. Oh, it's about 12 inches long, about 8 inches wide with a display attached, and about 4 inches wide without a display. Uh, Richard. All right. Well, the PIMS line can come in various configurations, either a Braille keyboard or a QWERTY keyboard with or without a Braille display, either an 18 or a 32 cell. The unit is quite small. I, myself, am familiar with the uh, Voice Sense QWERTY. It's about half an inch thick, the size of maybe some of the more modern netbooks out there as far as size. It features Windows Mobile as well. This is Windows Mobile 5 that it's running, and it has both uh, USB, SD, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth. And uh, David, you had mentioned GPS. It has a built-in GPS receiver and uh, compass as well. And uh, it offers the suite of applications that are found on a lot of devices, including word processing and all that and the like. We are back to Chase, I believe. And tell me, Chase, why did you choose the Braille Plus organizer? Do you think it was a good choice? For me, I chose it because, as I said, it's available through quota funds from the American Printing House for the Blind for students. So it's something that schools can easily get without having to pay the money outright. So that was a big factor, something I could get as a student, which made a big decision. There are other devices out there that we're talking about, but this is the only one that students can easily get from their state. For me, I guess it's been a good decision. I use the Braille Plus a lot for a lot of different tasks, which we'll get into later. But for me, I like the Braille Plus because of its size. It's very small, it's portable. It doesn't have a Braille display, which isn't always an advantage, but that keeps it from having the likelihood of being broke down as much. So there's some bugs in the software, as there would be with anything. But I think, looking back, it's been a very good choice for what I've needed it for both at home and at school. Well, I had chosen the Maestro back in 2005 because it does synchronize with Microsoft Office and it can synchronize the uh, email, it can synchronize calendar, it can synchronize the address book. And so I thought that having all those available and where I could make appointments in the field and bring back and hook it up to my computer and get it my appointments that I made out in the field, put back in my computer and everything. And because I had the Maestro Trekker, I had a very good GPS also. And it was smaller and lighter and less clunky to carry around than the PacMate I had been carrying around. And I decided this is a lot nicer. We'll do most of the, everything I needed to do and give me access to more of my information on the road and a lot smaller package that I could just throw in my briefcase. And so that's why I thought it was a great choice at the time. I'm not going to say it's the only thing I use at this point, but I certainly do still use it occasionally. Debbie? Well, I like the Braille Note. The reason I got the Braille Note is because I liked the easy menu interface. The word processor is probably used on it the most. And what I like about it is that I could turn it on, get into a document, take notes, I could write reports on it and easily convert them over to Microsoft Word, copy them to the computer. And I also like the onboard help system because 
anywhere if I don't remember a command or need to learn a new command I can just on mine I've got the BT so I can just hit the H chord and get a context sensitive helper where I happen to be and I found it to be very quick very efficient and I like the fact that I have a braille display on mine because When I'm with students or when I'm working, I find that I have a two sound input limit. That means I can listen to my student, my student's computer. And if I have to listen to a third thing, I get confused. So I like to have the Braille and the Braille on the Braille note is nice and crisp. So, and it's easy to carry with me. And I feel that it's a product that's very easy to learn and use. Okay. Mary, how about you and the Pankmate? Well, I got mine in 2005 also, and I chose it because I wanted a QWERTY keyboard for ease of use. The commands are very much like Windows and like JAWS, and I wanted a 40-cell display because a lot of the books that I read are from NLS Web Braille, and I wanted to be able to read with those. And this thing has gotten a lot of use, and it's still working. Rich, how about the Sense products? For me, I have been using a Sense product since the end of last year, and I was really looking for something that had built-in GPS and something that was really simple to use and also had a lot of note-taker functions. And the Sense has that. It has a really easy interface, very portable, and I can really take it anywhere I need to go and can use it for a lot of my day-to-day functions. And like Debbie was saying, that you know, turning on or writing a quick note and turning it off, that's really a nice feature that a lot of these devices have. So that was why I wanted to go with the Sense products. Okay, and I think we would all agree that that's one of the nice things about note-takers that puts them at an advantage over any computer is that you turn it on and you're ready to go. Absolutely. All right. Chase, could you describe for us some of the things you use your note-taker for on a daily basis? Well, there's a lot, so I'll try to keep this fairly short. I use this only a lot. Get an hour. <laughs> I'll u- I use this a lot at school. I use it at home too, but at school, I use the word processor on it for a lot of my files. I type pretty much all my school assignments on there. I have the hard drive organized into folders per class, and then I can save those files and email them to the teachers. And that's again where that instant on thing comes in really handy because I can just turn it on, and be ready to start typing where I left off. So that's the thing that I use it for a lot. I use the calendar, probably not in the way that most people would use the calendar. I use the calendar to keep track of kind of what's due the next day or what projects are due in, especially if it's a ways off. So I don't use the Braille Plus for day-to-day appointments. I use other devices for that. I use the Braille Plus to listen to a lot of Bookshare books because it uses Eloquence as its synthesizer, and as I said, it's portable. So I kind of like listening to Bookshare on it on that more than on other devices because it uses eloquence, which is a voice that I seem to understand better. I listen to a lot of my podcasts on there through the built-in podcast client, including main menu, of course. The other thing I do a lot of on there is email. The problem there is it doesn't do IMAP, so I have IMAP set up on my computer, on my phone, etc., but I have to use POP3 email on the Braille Plus, so I can't keep synchronized. There are a lot of features that I don't use, like I don't really use the music player that much, that I might use other devices for, but I think the Braille Plus does get a lot of use, both at school and at home. Okay. Well, as far as the Maestro, one of, like I said before, one of the things I really liked about the Maestro was the ability to be able to synchronize my calendar and keep it up to date and have that portably with me wherever I go. And not only calendar, but address book and email and having that all available with me uh, in a very portable format has been really nice. 
been something that you couldn't find necessarily in any other note taker at the time that I chose it. And that made it particularly interesting to me. And then having pretty good accessible GPS in the same unit also well, was one of the big reasons I chose it. And it's still, even today, um, I can keep my uh, email, my calendar, and so forth synchronized. Even in Windows 7, it works just fine. Even with uh, Office 2010, it works just fine, which means uh, even though the device has been off the market for a good year and a half now, it's really nice that I can still synchronize with Windows 7 and get everything from Office 2010. Okay, Debbie. Well, as I've said before, probably the word processor is what would get the heaviest use on my Braille note. And then the calendar, the address list, the thing that I like about the planner, and the address list, again, very easy interface, very easy to use, very easy to search, and that help is always available when needed. And also I've used the calculator on it. That's been very handy. And the book reader, that's good. I could keep reference materials on here that I might want to refer to. And so the book reader is useful for that. I haven't really used it for Daisy or any of those. I've mostly just used it for Braille. And... Yeah, that's probably, as far as synchronizing, I've done a lot of file synchronization because I like to originally write my reports or write my notes in Braille and then convert them over to Microsoft Word and then copy them to the computer. I've not really done much as far as with email on the Braille note. It has a pretty good interface, but that's not something I've done as much of. Uh, mostly it's been the word processing, the calendar, the address book, and the calculator. Okay. And Mary? Well, speaking of the calculator, that's one of the prime things that I have used the PacMate for. It has a base calculator converter, which means you can convert between binary and hexadecimal or octal even. And it also has a wonderful metric converter because I have friends overseas and they're always talking about Celsius and meters and things like that. So it's wonderful for that. I also use it to read both NLS books that require formatting knowledge such as poetry and recipes and that sort of thing, and also text files that I download from the PC. I use a compact flash card, just put it in a card reader on the PC, put the file on there, and then stick it in the PacMate. And when those files have a lot of headings and tables and things, it's much easier to read it with that because I do have a 40-cell display. And Richard? For me, I use the Sense products, the Voice Sense Query for GPS. I have the uh, Sendero product that I use on a daily basis when I'm out and about. For me, I do use the word processor a little bit throughout the day for some notes here and there. Also, as Chase mentioned earlier, I use the Voice Sense Query for a lot of books, for a lot of book reading, especially books and Bookshare, because it is eloquence. And I find that uh, for me, that is a uh, speech uh, synthesizer that I definitely uh, understand as compared to maybe other devices. Word processor and uh, GPS and the uh, book reading functions are probably the biggest uses that the product gets from me on a daily basis. And we're back to Chase. Chase, how does your note taker, in your opinion, compare to other devices you have seen, used, or heard about? 
I haven't been able to get my hands on any of the other devices to try at this point. I've gone to a local reseller of Freedom Scientific, GW Micro, Humanware, all those companies, and looked at the units, seen how big they were, played with them a little bit. So I'm probably not the best one to compare, but... For me, I guess the Braille Plus is, with the exception of maybe the Maestro, the smallest note taker that I've seen just because of the way it's laid out. For me, that's kind of the big factor with it as far as how it compares. As far as how it compares internally, it has a bigger hard drive, has a 60 gig hard drive. Most devices just have megabytes, so that's a huge factor that I like over the other devices. Of course, there's no Braille display, as I said, so that's something that's going to make it a lot different. And it kind of looks more like a cell phone. There's an earpiece at the top if you want to listen to something in private, like a phone number or something. So it's kind of laid out like a cell phone. You turn it sideways to type in in Braille. So it probably is laid out a lot different than what you would come to see in a traditional note taker. Okay. Well, being in the field I'm in, I get to see about every note taker there is. <laughs> so, yeah, comparison, I guess I would say uh, I kind of lean a little bit the way Chase does in that I like something smaller than the traditional note takers, but I like to have all the functionality. And it's one of the reasons that I chose the Maestro. And even though in the very beginning, I was stuck with having to use the keypad on the device to input information, it wasn't that much information to put in most of the time, so I thought that was fine. And then I got a Bluetooth keyboard, and so then I was able to open that up and use that anytime I wanted. So it was a QWERTY keyboard, and so that was pretty nice. And it will take a QWERTY keyboard, or it'll take a infrared keyboard. So I thought that made that pretty nice. As far as storage, it uses a SD card up to 2 gig, which is kind of limited, but I found that... I could use an 8 or a 16 gig compact flash card on it, so that wasn't so bad, And uh, which meant you could store quite a bit on the device, really, and it does have uh, about 120 meg of internal storage also. And that was why I kind of felt like, even though it, it didn't support any Braille displays, I did like the uh, idea that it was nice and small and did basically everything I needed to do with a lot smaller format. Uh, Debbie? So, again, comparing it with other devices, and I've had a few other devices. I've had a PDA, a smartphone, and now, of course, my iPhone. And as far as the word processing goes and the menus, I find that the Braille Note is very quick and easy to use if you want to be able to take down information quickly. And as far as you can just start it up and do that, whereas with some of these other devices, you have to go through a few steps to open the word processor to double tap or once you get into the word processor then if you're using a bluetooth keyboard sometimes there can be pairing problems now i have to say that i have had good success with my smartphone and with my iphone but the braille note is i think really shines when I want to take notes quickly, uh, enter information quickly, but I don't think it synchronizes as easily. Now, I can have appointments on other devices, and all I have to do is connect them to my computer, and they synchronize with Office 2010, and that's the strength of those devices. The Braille Note is a good, very discreet, quick way for me to take notes and keep track of appointments and the other things that 
Okay. All right, Mary. Well, I do have an Apex BT, and it's much smaller, has a Perkins keyboard, and I generally use it to read novels and things that, where I don't need to know the format. It's also wonderful for taking notes, and I can sit outside and read a book. However... If I want to read a text file and I have to know the format of it and I want to skim through the headings and such, then I use the PacMate because it does retain the file format. And okay. I think that's where it shines. Okay. And so you would say that being able to get formatting more with the PacMate it makes it a little better for you? Yeah. Okay. And Richard? I would say the size factor is one thing that shines for me, being that how small the voice on QWERTY is. Also, as I said earlier, I do use the word processor a bit throughout my daily usage of the product, and just being able to take it out and take notes quickly is probably one of the biggest features that shines for me. Okay. All right. Chase, we're back to you again. You get to tell us what you think the biggest thing is that would be like your number one favorite feature or the feature you would use the most or do use the most and if you think there are more than one thing that uh, maybe are particularly outstanding about your device for me i guess i've talked about the word processor already i've talked about the features i use but probably the really advanced feature of the icon in the braille plus is probably the calculator. It does all the normal add, subtract, multiply, divide. It also does exponents. There's a lot of scientific calculator functions, such as you can determine variables. You can view the lines that you've written and go back and edit them. There's a lot of very advanced math functions. I'm not going to go into all of them here because I'll mess up the names or forget something, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of the very advanced upper-level math-type functions that it can determine things. The, like the basic advanced functions that I would say would be like square root exponents, but then it goes up from there to more complex stuff. It also lets you view answers as fractions instead of decimals, so if the answer is 0.5, it would show it as one-half. So that's another strong feature of the device. I also think a strong feature is how it connects to any Braille display you have. If you already have a Braille display, you can buy the Braille Plus. You don't pay for a Braille display with it, and you can use pretty much any display that you have around with it. Okay. So you could buy the Braille Plus, and maybe you don't have the money for a Braille display right now, but it supports a large list of displays, so you could pick just about whatever display you wanted later on. That's correct. Okay. Anything else? There's a utility built-in that searches Bookshare.org directly. You just type in the name of the book you want. It shows you a list of books that match your search result. You press select. It downloads and unpacks in about five seconds. So you don't have to log into the Bookshare website. You don't have to unzip these books. So it's very easy to get books pretty much immediately. Okay. All right. One of my favorite things, other than the calendar and so forth that I've talked about previously on the Maestro, one of my favorite things on the Maestro for a long time has been it was one of the one of the first note takers, actually, that supported both Learning Ally or at the time RFBND and Bookshare, and about any other Daisy book that you could want to read on it, other than NLS. Well, and when I say NLS. I mean, barred. It, you can put Braille files in it. You can read a Braille file in it. You can read Word files in it. And I really like that feature because I could bring a Word file into it and read it. I can create files in its uh, note-taking facility and choose to save them as a Braille file. Or I can save them as a portable Word file and take it onto the computer and take it into Word. And Word will take that file and turn it into a regular Word doc file. So those are some of the things I thought were particularly nice things that made it the 
interfacing it with the computer so much nicer for the size of the device and so forth. Debbie? I would say that, of course, I've talked about the word processor. The thing that I like about it is the ease with which you can export. I can export a Braille document to Microsoft Word or other file formats. The other thing that I really like about the Braille Note is the help system, the way everything is just menu-based, menu-driven. You don't really have to feel like a super techie to learn how to start using the word processor or any of its functions. And even if there's something on the Braille Note that I haven't used before or don't use frequently, it's easy to go into the manual that's built into it and look up what I need to know. And I can find that information either through the index um, or the table of contents. And I really like that feature. And as I've said before, no matter where I am on the Braille note, I can get help at any time. Okay. And Mary, what about the PacMate? Well, I'll just make it real quick. The ease of use, because it's so much like JAWS and like Windows. And the learning curve is, for me, at least it was almost non-existent. And I loved the fact that I could just turn the thing on and just start using it right away because I knew JAWS well enough. Okay, and Richard? I think, like everyone else has said, ease of use. The sense interface is very much like Windows. It uses, especially with a QWERTY keyboard, a lot of the familiar Windows commands that you're accustomed to if you're a Windows a user of Windows on the PC. I think also that the DAISY and the book reading functions are just so easy to use. Being able to unzip and zip files, like files from Bookshare and download books from Bard. Uh, and also the help system. It has excellent context-sensitive help. And if you ever get stuck, just push F1 and you can get some very good help as to what part of the system you're in if you are not sure what to keystroke. Okay. And Chase, we're back to you again. And this time, you get to be the first one to tell us what the thing is that is the weakest feature in your device. And do you think that that weakness would cause somebody possibly decide not to take that device or purchase that device because of that weakness? I guess the most obvious one is it's not being sold anymore. As I said, you know, there's still a lot of used ones, but they're not being sold directly. There are not new features coming out. APH has said that, and Level Star have said that they will patch large bugs if one should come along. But development is complete, so if there's a feature that's not in there that you want, it's probably not going to happen. I guess for me directly, the biggest disadvantages would be for external storage, it requires a mini SD card, which is between micro and regular, and you pretty much can't find mini SD cards at all anymore. To charge it or to connect it with anything USB, like a flash drive or a Braille display, you have to connect what's called the interface cable, which is a short cable that plugs into the bottom of the Braille Plus or icon. On the other end, it has the place to plug in the charger, the cord that goes to your computer, and then a USB port for keyboards, flash drives, and Braille displays. Those cords have been known to break. It's kind of inconvenient to carry an extra cord along with you. So that and the mini SD cards are probably the biggest disadvantages that I run into. Okay. Well, I would have to go to a similar thing with the Maestro in that it is no longer made, and you can't upgrade the Windows Mobile in it beyond version 5.5, actually, and have it work with the Maestro software. The other thing would be the cable, and it requires a special cable to hook into the bottom of the unit to interface it with a computer, and that 
that cable lost it now or broke it now, you may or may not be able to find a replacement, particularly if you get one of the Dell models, which was what they used a lot of back in the time it was being made, because the Dell models were actually discontinued about 2008, 2009, and from that point forward till the, the HP quit making their PDAs, they used the HP model, and so the plugins for either one of them would be difficult to find, or the base that you could set it on would be difficult to find now if you need to find a replacement interface out, so to interface it with your computer. And there were no regular USB ports, so you had to connect it using that particular connection. So that's probably one of the biggest weaknesses, and since the device is no longer being made, and the actual devices, the PDAs that they used, are no longer being made, you might have to do quite a bit of looking to find it. All right, Debbie. I'd say the biggest disadvantage would be the synchronization. It only will do the calendar and the address list and other devices that I've used are a lot easier to uh, set up the synchronization. And the other disadvantage I'd say is on the internet, it doesn't do well with loading large web pages. All right, Mary. I think the big disadvantage is the lack of ports. The only USB port on there is the one for hooking it up to your PC. And if you want to do Ethernet or Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, you have to have a compact flash card that will have these features and the ports on them. And these are difficult to try to find these days. And I think that's the big, big disadvantage is the lack of ports. Okay. And Rich? I think for the Sense products that the biggest disadvantage is the browser and loading large pages. I also think that that has to do with the 128 megabytes of RAM and the slower processor that also kind of impacts the browser. Uh, And also synchronizing. You can only sync your calendar and your contacts. Uh, And I think that that is a bit of a problem since email are the things I wish uh, could be supported. But those are, I think, I would say are the biggest disadvantages of the Sense one. The following presentation is brought to you on Main Menu, courtesy of David Woodbridge and Vision Australia. To find out more about Vision Australia, visit them on the web at www.visionaustralia.org. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. In this demonstration, I wanted to give you a quick look of the new Messages Beta application from Apple that allows you to send iMessages from your Mac to iOS devices such as your iPhone, iPod Touch or iPad and I believe in the US you can also send them to standard mobile phones i.e. as an SMS message. We currently don't have that in Australia So I'll be mostly talking about iMessages between the Mac and iOS devices. The Messages Beta application, as the name implies, it's in beta. So what I demonstrate in this demonstration may or most probably will change by the time the application comes out with Mountain Lion, which is OS 10.8, which is due out in summer of 2012 
US calendar season. So that would be winter in Australia in 2012. To run Messages Beta in Lion currently, you'll need to have at least Lion 10.7.3. It actually won't run on any earlier versions. And we're not sure at the moment whether it will stay available for Lion once Mountain Lion is released. So you can actually obtain the messages beta from the Apple website. If you basically go to www.apple.com, go to the Mountain Lion link, you'll find a link in there and you can go to the page where you can actually download the beta of messages. You install the application like you install any other application. And what it will basically do is replace the existing iChat application with the Messages application, which basically means two things. You'll still have the capability of using your normal iChat services, such as AIM, plus you'll have the ability to use the iMessage to send iMessages to all your iOS devices from your Mac and vice versa. You can also, if you don't want to keep the Messages application on your Mac and you want to go back to the original iChat, you can do that within the Messages application that I'll show you in a while. Okay, so let's do a quick demo of it. I'll send a message to my wife's iPhone and then I'll send a message back from my wife's iPhone back to my Mac of course, using messages on the Mac and iMessages on the iOS, the iPhone device. Okay, so let me first of all say that I've got my Mac turned on, voiceover's running, and as usual, let me go to a known spot on my computer by doing Shift-VOD. Remember that the VO keys for voiceover are the control and option keys held down together. So I'll do that now, Shift-VOD or Shift-Control-Option-D. Desktop, Macintosh HD, selected volume. Okay, and I've got messages on my dock that I've previously installed. So VOD or Control Option D for dock. Dock. Messages. 5 of 28. Of course, I've landed on it straight away. I could have just typed in MESS to jump to messages. So VO spacebar, Control Option spacebar. Messages. Messages. Window. Compose button. Okay, we'll land on the Compose button. Now I'll just show you what the app looks like when you first open it. So I'm just going to jump to the top of the window with Shift VO Home or Shift Control Option Home. Remembering of course that on a MacBook style keyboard that doesn't have the Home End etc keys, the commands actually Shift Function Control Option Left Arrow. So I'll do that now. Close button. Okay, and let's do VO Right Arrow Control Option Right just to read through the window. Minimize button. Zoom button. Messages. Full screen button, compose button, search text field, vertical splitter, empty table, no chats, box. Okay, and that's it. So let's do a new message. So let me do command N for new message. New message to edit text. Okay, I'm just going to type in my wife's mobile number, and I could also type in her name, which is also associated with her iCloud account. And if I press tab... Add recipient button. Tab again. Edit text. Okay, so I could have actually done VO space button that add recipient, chosen another person, send it to a fat typing in the person's phone number. And let me send a message to my wife. So I'm just going to type in 
this this is a test test for my demo space please please ignore ignore period okay and to send it i'm just gonna hit the enter key message test for my demo please ignore okay and that noise <laughs> as you can tell i've actually got my wife's own phone plugged into my mixer so you also heard voiceover say the message when i actually sent it because what i've done and again i'll show you this in a minute i've also turned on an option in messages that you can also do in iChat to speak the sent message and speak the received message let me pick up my wife's iphone so let me just turn on voiceover my wife's iphone by pressing the home button three times one two three voiceover on calendar monday the 20th of okay, let me find messages messages okay, one, one new item and one new item which is from me messages okay, one finger flick to the right david would be r at gmail.com heading okay one finger flick to the right edit button one finger flick to the right email button facetime right. but ring. add contact load earlier message a message 17 slash zero two slash buddy message this is a test for my demo please ignore okay so that's what i just sent to my wife one finger flick to the right a message text field okay this is where she can double tap to edit to me so one finger double tap a message text field okay, is this editing. time i'm actually just going to cheat and use siri to dictate a reply back dictate okay, one finger double, double tap, tap to, to start activate. dictation two finger double tap when finished and as it says two finger double tap to stop the dictation so i'm going to do one finger double tap now thanks for the iMessage from your mac full stop no problem, I'll delete the message after you're finished testing. Full stop. Thanks. Inserted thanks for the iMessage from your Mac. No problem, I'll delete the message after you're finished testing. Thanks. Okay, let me find the send button to send that message back to my Mac from my wife's iPhone. Attach media, send button. Okay, and one finger double tap to send. Send using iMessage. Send. Dimmed. Thanks for the iMessage from your Mac. No problem, I'll delete the message after you're finished testing. Thanks. Okay, and that's now on my Mac. Let's just put my wife's phone down. I should about turn voiceover off. One, two, three. Voiceover off. There we go. Okay, so let me come back to my Mac and let's just check what voiceover is currently focused on with VOF3 or Control Option F3. Edit text is in the voiceover cursor. Okay, so let's do VA left arrow, or control option left arrow. HTML content. Okay, and that HTML content area, that contains your conversations for the current person you're talking to. So if I interact with that with shift VO down arrow, or shift control option down arrow. Interact with HTML content. Okay, let me jump to the bottom of the window with shift VO end. Thanks for the iMessage from your Mac. No problem, I'll delete the message after you're finished testing. Thanks. So I can now read back to my previous test conversations that I had. So if I just do VO left arrow, control option left arrow. This is a test for my dad. Today, 1022 p.m. Yep. Hello. Hi. Are you? Hi. Testing this. Today, 10. So I was going to show you two things to finish off this demo. I just want to show you where you can go to actually uninstall messages if you wanted to get back to iChat. I'm not too sure why you'd want to do that, but um, in case you do. I'm still in Messages, 
So let me just go to the menu bar with VOM or control option M. Menu bar, Apple. Okay, and VO right arrow, control option right arrow. Messages. Okay, VO down arrow, control option down arrow. Messages. Menu 13 items about messages. Uninstall messages beta ellipsis. Okay, and there it is. Uninstall messages beta. Okay, so that's where you uninstall it. If I went into that with VO space bar, control option space bar, space here dialog box to ask me, do I want to uninstall it? So press escape. Closing menu. Okay, let me go into preferences. So command comma, of course. Preferences. Now in alerts window. So I'm already in alerts where you actually change it to make the receiving and sending speak if you wish. So let me just do shift VO home or shift control option home to go to the top of the window. Toolbar. Okay, there's that toolbar. Let's interact with the toolbar with shift VO down or shift control option down. Interact with toolbar. Five items. Alerts. Selected button. Okay, of course, if I want to select one of those, and this alert is already selected, that's VO spacebar to select it, or control option spacebar. So let me just show you. I'm just going to do VO right arrow, control option right arrow. Audio slash video button. Select that one. Press audio slash USB audio codec microphone pop-up button. Okay, now I don't want to do that one, so back to the toolbar again with shift VO home or shift control option home. Toolbar. Interact. Shift VO down, shift control option down. Interact with toolbar. Five items, audio slash video, selected button. Okay, VO left arrow, control option left arrow. Alerts button. Alerts, VO spacebar, control option spacebar. Press when I log in, event, pop-up button. Okay, when I log in, now this is the event button. So this is what I actually changed to make the sending and receiving speak. So VO spacebar, control option spacebar. Menu 17 items check mark when I log in. Okay, VO dinner, control option dinner. When I log out. Body becomes available. Body becomes unavailable. Body authorization requested. Message received. Okay, that's message received. And the other one I changed. Message received in chat room. Message sent. Was message sent. But let's go back up to message received. Message received. Message received. Okay, and if I do VO space bar on that. Closing menu. Message received. Event. Pop-up button. And VO right arrow. Play a sound. Check checkbox. Okay, so I've got that checked. Received message, play a sound, pop-up button. Received message and it says play a sound, which is right. And if I do VO right here again. Repeat, dimmed, unchecked checkbox. VO right here again. Bounce the messages icon in the dock. VO check right checkbox. Right Repeat, unchecked checkbox. Run an Apple script script. Uh, none, run an Apple script. Speak an announcement, check checkbox. Okay, speak an announcement. And that's what I checked. So what I've currently got is I've still got the sending and receiving sounds. But I've also got the message speaking that's being sent and the message speaking that's being received. So it's quite handy because it basically means I don't have to go into that HTML area, which has got my conversations, to actually hear the message that just came in. The Mac reads it out automatically. And that's just the built-in speech on the Mac. That's not VoiceOver doing that. Okay, so let me just close down the preferences with Command-W. Close window. Now in Messages window. And I want to close that conversation. So I'm going to do Command-W. Close conversation. Now, this before I come out of Messages, I just want to show you, when I set up mine, I only set it up for the Messages of the iMessage service, which is basically a course based on your iCloud Apple ID. But if you want to also use your iChat-style messages services such as AIM and so on, then if you want to turn them on, you can also go to the menu bar under Messages. So I'll do that now. VOM or Control Option M. Menu bar, Apple. VO right arrow. Messages. 
Okay, VO dinner under messages. Messages, menu 13 items. Okay, we'll keep going down until you actually hear. About message, uninstall map preferences, change my pick, change my, my status, accounts, submenu. Okay, to accounts, VO spacebar, control spacebar to select it. Accounts, submenu, four items, check mark, iMessage. Okay, so iMessage is currently checked. And then if we do VO dinner, control dinner. Google talk list. That's Google talk, which I don't currently use, so that's currently unchecked. AIM body list. That's AIM, and that's what I do use previously with iChat. I just uncheck that for this demonstration. And if I go down again, or will be our Bonjour list. Bonjour list, and that's it. Okay, so those services are still there. You can choose to set them up when you set up messages for the first time, or you can just set it up for your Apple ID and just use messages that I have in this case. So just press escape. Closing menu. Okay, let me just do command... Q to quit. Finder, applications window. And that concludes this quick demonstration of the new messages beta from Apple. Again, you need line 10.7.3. It will be properly released when Mountain Lion 10.8 is released. And as I said previously, we're not sure whether this messages application will stay with Lion when Mountain Lion is released. And please keep in mind that this demonstration was based on the beta, so what I did today might be different to when you actually come to play with the application whenever you hear this demonstration. So if you've got any other questions about Apple accessibility, please contact the Deputy Technology Help Desk at Vision Australia on 1300 847 Thanks for listening and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. The preceding program was brought to you courtesy of Vision Australia. You can visit Vision Australia's website by visiting www.visionaustralia.org. Live from CSUN 2012 for the Sarah Talk Podcast Network, I'm Ricky Anger, and I'm catching up with Larry Skookcon from APH. Hello, Larry. Hello, Ricky and Sarah Talk listeners. Yeah, we just, uh, it's, it's been forever since we spoke with you, probably about 28 days or so. I know, we should make it not so long next time. <laughs> exactly. So the main thing that I want to talk about today is the uh, the Braille Plus 18. I've taken a look at the device. It is tiny. It is gorgeous. Uh, the uh, It has sort of a curved keyboard for, for Braille input, and I've never seen anything quite like uh, the, these Braille in, input keys before. It's, it's an interesting design. They are smooth, too. Did you try typing on it? I did. Yeah, it, it feels wonderful. Um, so give us some tech specs for <laughs> this device. Well, basically what it is is uh, an Android phone with a Braille display and a Braille keyboard and then several custom applications that we've developed. Now, of course, we had to add the whole Braille subsystem to Android because it doesn't uh, support Braille yet. <laughs> and these custom applications that we wrote for it, I mean, it comes with all the normal Google applications, you know, email, uh, phone. But uh, the custom ones we wrote for it is an OCR package to do uh, scanning with, a, uh, a package called Nearby Explorer, which is GPS. Right. A very full-featured one at that. 
a word processor and a uh, digital talking book reader. Now, um, it has in the front edge of it, it has a SIM card slot so that you can use a, a GSM uh, SIM card from T-Mobile or AT&T. And uh, it, it actually is a phone. Uh, you can text, make phone calls, use data. And in looking at this, it kind of begs the question, how is this best used as a phone? Because it would be a little strange to hold this up to your head. With a Bluetooth earpiece. Yeah. yeah. That, that was <laughs> or, my or thought. Or as a speakerphone. Right. right. Yeah. You're not, not going to want to. It's like, kind of <laughs> like holding an iPad up to your head. That's right. <laughs> So I, I amuse myself by thinking about that. But in any case, uh, you have several custom applications that you've developed for this, as well as, of course, the Braille subsystem. I know that Code Factory has worked on a Braille subsystem as well. Do you guys have any plans of, um, of sharing the work that you've done, whether it be the custom applications that you've developed or this method of providing Braille for Android? What are the plans for... Well, that's two, kind that. of two uh, two great questions. Uh, one, yeah, we do have plans on uh, putting some of these apps out on the Android market. In fact, probably the first one that'll go there is Nearby Explorer. As far as sharing Braille work with uh, Code Factory, we're really pretty much finished. I mean, I'm sure there's some little cleanups here and there, but right. I think the, the for the future plans, we're uh, going to try to initiate an open source Braille project for Android 4.0. And it's uh, not only is Code Factory working on that, but um, I've heard rumors that Google might be working on some Braille too. So Very I hope I hope all three of us can pool our efforts together and work on, you know, the 4.0 version. For sure. It's great to see when people work together and, and not necessarily reinvent the wheel if it isn't. If we it got enough other things we need to, we got plenty of other problems without all doing the same <laughs> thing over and over again. You got it. So what are we looking at for a release date for the Braille Plus 18? I'm, I'm thinking probably about the first week in April. Wow. So it's coming up quick. They're, they're actually in manufacturing right now. And for the price on that, one more time, that's... Uh, a little less than 4000 A little less than 4000 There'll good. be a... Later on in the year, there'll be a model without the Braille display for about 2000 And so this is called the Braille Plus 18, and of course you're going to have another model without uh, the, uh, the Braille display. Is there going to be anything done to the, I guess we'll call it the Braille Plus Classic. Is that going to be phased out in favor of this, or are you guys going to have separate names for each and continue to have both of them? Well, the, actually, the original Braille Plus is already discontinued. It has been for almost a year. Aha, uh -huh. mm. Sh shows what I know. Well, you should be listening to Sarah Talk Network, <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, the... Uh, when we decided to work on this, one of the uh, things that made it so uh, important is that we were we were having trouble getting parts for the uh, to continue doing the other one, and we knew that uh, you know it, it's time to put a modern operating system on a note-taking uh, package. And it looks like with uh, with this device, you've done it. And given that 4.0 is. Uh, somewhere on the horizon, then you definitely have some possibilities for expansion. 
Absolutely. In fact, I've heard rumors that 5.0 is supposed to be out this fall. So, But it's not going to be as big a difference between 4 and 5 as it was between 2 and 4. Yeah, there's definitely a considerable <clears throat> difference between those two. So. Exactly. Anything else you'd like to share about the Braille Plus 18 or anything else going on at APH? Um, just want to emphasize what a what a neat time it's been working on on this whole hardware platform but especially the the GPS app on it we've uh, we've really come up with some innovative uh, interesting things that you can do that uh, makes GPS uh, so much more interesting uh, one of them is uh, for instance we uh, we now like you can be in the GPS app and hit the transit menu and it'll tell you where all the uh, public transportation stops are within a certain uh, uh, radius from your current position. It's very and handy. Then, uh, and then also what time the next bus goes to that stop. So it's uh, really, really interesting. And, and those, those schedules get updated uh, pretty frequently. Um, one other thing that you may not know about, but just to the left of that Braille Plus is a new book port. It's a Bookport desktop, yes. and it's made to uh, replace the old cassette recorder. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope that uh, this firmware and capabilities on here will make it just as nice and easy to record and edit your recordings as you were able to do on a cassette, but of course with all the additional benefits of uh, the neat things you can do in the digital uh, format. So, so will the features on this Bookport uh, mirror those on the Bookport Plus? They do. Uh-huh. It's got a, well, in addition to Wi-Fi, this one's also got an Ethernet jack in the back. Oh, and, so uh, it does. I see that. And, of course, an NLS cartridge holder in the front there. Yep, I see that as well. And the first thing I notice about this device is that the buttons are very large, easy to feel. So this is uh, tactilely a, a very nice unit. It's a big speaker, too. Yeah, it, it actually, looks like uh, it. Wow. You can actually use it in here and, <clears throat> and actually hear it. And what's the what's the price on this desktop unit? Um, well, it's not going to be out till about July or August, and we're thinking it's um, probably sub-$500 range. All right. It's our best guess at this moment. For people who want to keep up with what APH is doing and learn about all your products, where should they go? I would say APH.org would be the best place to uh, keep up with what's new. There's a what's new section there, and uh, if you're specifically interested in the technology stuff, you can actually go to tech.APH.org, and that's just uh, all the software and hardware all grouped into one area there. Very nice. I'd like to thank you for spending a little time with us, Larry. It's always a pleasure. You too, Ricky. Y'all all take right. care. Thank you. Thank you. For the Saratok Podcast Network, I'm Ricky Anger. That concludes this week's edition of ACB Radio's Main Menu. We hope that you have enjoyed the program and that it has helped you. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, or any other feedback about the show, you can get in contact with us, join the Main Menu Friends mailing list, or follow Main Menu on Twitter by visiting the Main Menu website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. On behalf of David Tanner and the entire Main Menu production team, 
I'm Chase Crispin. Have a great week, and we will see you back here on Main Menu next week. Thank you.